You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Monster House presents... Monster Talk can be supported by listeners like you at patreon.com forward slash monster talk or by leaving positive reviews on iTunes and other podcasting sites. Learn more at monstertalk.org forward slash support. Thanks to all of you who are supporting us in this way. We are humbled and grateful and hope that we always live up to or exceed your expectations. The time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence resulting in this alternate reality. English, Doc. <laughs> It's the future. My parents, my co-workers, my girlfriend. I'll never see any of them again. Yahoo! His body is dying, but his mind is a pattern of electrical signals. We can upload his consciousness. We can save him. Not like this. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzner. This episode's a little bit different from our normal format, and I hope you'll excuse the diversion. We're coming up on Thanksgiving here in the United States, a time when many people come together as families to engage in ritual gluttony and sloth. Maybe your family gets caught up in weird political or religious discussions. Well, this episode might be handy for giving you something more fun to talk about or to argue about or to discuss. You know, we're unashamedly cheerleaders for science here, but sometimes scientific findings undermine some of our most beloved tropes from fiction. And I've been keeping a list and slowly working on an article about this theme, but decided to run some of this by Karen. And then while we were discussing it, we thought, why not just share this with the entire class? So without further ado, I present volume one of what might be an intermittently recurring theme, fun ruining. Monster Dog. Welcome back. 
Uh, <laughs> this weekly uh, schedule is hard, but we're doing it. It is difficult, but uh, I think it's worth it. This topic for this week, I, I know I kind of sprung it on you, but I was working on this article because... Um, for where? Well, I hadn't really figured out a destination. I was really sort of trying to pull it together. There's a whole bunch of ideas. You know, people accuse skeptics of being fun ruiners. And I got mm-hmm. to thinking, it's like, well... Yeah, I mean, if it's really important to you that things be true, like testable and true, I could see where that's true, that we could be seen as fun ruiners. But I I know, like, we love monsters, and we don't need them to be real to enjoy them. Right. I think at the same time, uh, a lot of skeptics enjoy fiction and science fiction and suspending disbelief, and they're possible, they're capable of doing that. Yeah, and so I, I got to thinking about other things in the world of fiction and fun where I used to really enjoy these concepts, but they've been rendered impossible by science. And, and it's a lot. It's a lot. But I, yeah, yeah. You're going to give us a science lesson and, and rain on everyone's parade. Yeah, I just thought it would be the, the feel-bad episode of the winter. Right? <laughs> it's not quite winter yet, but yeah, yeah. Something for Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something to to depress everyone with. (laughs) Exactly. No, I I hope this will be a fun conversation. You know what I really hope? I hope that people might uh, disagree with me or have uh, other things. It wouldn't be the first time. No, it would not. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe if they have their own ideas about things that science has kind of made – less plausible they can write in in the comments or something you know i i I think it's a fun one it's a fun idea to talk it's this would be a perfect cocktail party or if you had some kind of family gathering where people were going to talk about stuff like politics or that you didn't want them to talk about like thanksgiving yes if that (laughs) if if just hypothetically this kind of thing was popping up in your schedule this week you might be able to say instead of getting caught up in politics and other stuff what if we talked Mm -hmm. about how science ruins fun that's (laughs) I think that would go down just as well. I think so, too. (laughs) So to begin with, then, what do we mean by science? Oh, that's a very good point. Um, I think it's important because people have a lot of people use the word science kind of in a generic way. Yeah, different ways. I I usually, uh, especially in this context, I'm talking about the scientific method, which is a method of inquiry whereby one postulates a or they pose a hypothesis and then it's tested and then you actually you're trying to find out you're wrong like you want people to prove your idea wrong and if they can't that's a promising i like promising hint that maybe it's right you know everything science as a methodology promotes is always provisional because if new Mm -hmm. evidence comes along it changes which I think confuses people. But there's also science like the sciences where we're talking about, you know, physics, uh, biology, these sort of uh, expertise modes of thoughts within academia. Yeah, that kind of thing. And then Mm -hmm. uh, uh, people often conflate technology with science. And they'll say things like, well, if you don't believe in science, why do you use that cell phone? Or why do you use computers? You know, but that, again, technology is a product of science, but I don't think Mm -hmm. it's not the same thing. That's, that's, I I guess that's my rough answer. No, yeah, I think that that's a, a pretty good starting point. And so you think that you've come up with some examples where science has ruined perfectly good fictional concepts. Yeah, I really do. I really do. <laughs> you spend a lot of time thinking about these things. I do spend a lot of time, a, a silly amount of time thinking about these things. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, but I bet our listeners do too. So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that they're right there with you, with us. Uh, so yeah, you you kind of mentioned to me over time some of these uh, topics that you wanted to talk about, and uh, I know you've mentioned the idea of the multiverse or a multiverse, um, multiverses. Yeah, yeah. Different universes. And you're going to hear about this all the time now because both uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, to a large extent, uh, the DC Universe has this idea of multiple copies of Earth. And Mm -hmm. if you watch the Marvel Multiverse, everything is very Earth-centric and, you know, Humanity is really important for reasons, and uh, right. it's a yep. it's a fun idea. But then, in physics, you have this concept of a multiverse and multiple dimensions. But I personally think it's probably helpful when you hear physicists talk about multiple dimensions to mm-hmm. not think about them as length, height, and width. Those are dimensions, but to think about them in terms of properties. Like you need an extended set of properties to describe matter that extend beyond the length, width, height, breadth, time, and some of the other properties that we have when you're con- you know, concerning matter. Mm-hmm. But when people think of multiverse in fiction, they're almost always thinking about another Earth. An Earth just like ours, except this one, I didn't have the blueberry jam. I had the strawberry jam this morning, you know. Alternate realities? You could, uh have like a world without shrimp or with you know nothing but shrimp say you really like shrimp a lot or we could say you don't like shrimp at all blah i wish there weren't any shrimp you'd say to yourself stop we're all like his pawns or prawns so like uh loki yes loki that that whole tv series of loki is all about that exactly different types of you know versions of him oh there's there's so many uh the tv series sliders was like this uh there's Mm -hmm. a series of books uh that started with the mists of avalon by uh uh that -hmm. deals with the same idea but here's the problem this concept that there being multiple universes or multiple dimensions or multiple verses multiverses Mm -hmm. they may be real in physics like it may be true that there's these other like there's the in-brain theory. There's lots of different theories about like how the universe might work. But think about how anthropocentric that is. Like we we want to make everything about people. Oh yeah, and very very egotistical. Yeah, exactly yeah. what what we do, and it makes me think of uh, the idea of doppelgangers. Oh yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it, but all these stories are about people experiencing this thing and the people being at the center of the, of the story and people being in the center of the universe. But here's, yeah. here's a funny thing about the universe. Think about like, uh, and we'll talk about this a little more in some of these other topics, but if we replayed today, like mm-hmm. just ran back today and replayed it, uh, chances are there'd be lots of little differences. Even if you basically made all the same decisions, it's, right. it's almost impossible to repeat the same actions the same way twice, right? Right. So you're um, talking about the butterfly effect. Well, yes, exactly. If you take <laughs> the butterfly effect, you get vastly divergent outcomes with small modifications to the initial conditions, mm-hmm. right? So right. I, that's the way it's usually described. But we're thinking about within human history. Well, here's some sad news if you really love multiverses. If you replay the 4.5 
billion years of Earth's history again, mm-hmm. the chances of us ending up with intelligent life at all is very low. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. let alone your life. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, that's just absurd that if you played everything oh, yeah. the same, like even yeah. if you played everything the same from like 100 years ago, like it's just unlikely right. we'd end up with anything like what we have right now. Everything's too random. Um, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I I just think it's very ego based, and people think, oh, uh, things would work out better for me, or that yeah. there's a better version of me somewhere, or or something like that. But, but uh, I think it's still a fun idea to play around. Oh, it's with. a f- tremendously fun idea. But I want to take it one more step and say, forget about the idea. There's multiple us, or multiple Americas, or multiple Europe's, or multiple whatever. The the chances of the universe playing out again and reproducing earth at all i mean mm-hmm. f- current theories have it that the earth was a, a much smaller planet that ran into something about the size of mars that you know so you get this massive explosion and the moon comes out of it well that's a whole lot of cosmic billiards playing out that might <laughs> yeah. never ever happen again ever no matter how many times you replay the universe Yet, sure, you can sure. get i mean you can get things like an earth that's pretty obvious but to literally get the same planet again is basically impossible. And for over mm-hmm. 4.5 billion years to play out. Uh, anyway, the point is, mm-hmm. this is a preposterously human-centric view of how things work. And it's yes. just the kind of silly nonsense that we love for fiction, but has mm-hmm. no bearing on reality. So <laughs> where, are, where are some of these ideas coming from outside of fiction movies, I'm going to actually, I'm going to complain and say that a lot of physicists who want to explain uh, multiple dimensions mm-hmm. like to use these examples to make it accessible for people. Look, it would be just like our planet, only now, you know, nobody wears, you know, flowers in their shirt or what, you know, they, they'll say something ridiculous like, or the Hitler, you know, won World War II. Or some, <laughs> I always hear the Hitler. Yeah, it's, always, one, yeah. Hitler's, it's always something with Hitler, but Hitler was you, never born. If you what play happens? it over again, there's not going to be a Hitler, but there'll be yeah. something else, you know, I, I, but, it, but maybe not even people. I think it's tremendously unlikely we get humans at all, let alone mm. we get the same people. It's just, it's just preposterous. So mm. scientists love to make those easy to use analogies. They're very easy to like, you know, be understood by the, the public, but right. poorly. It's a bad analogy. And yeah. Do you think it's a little bit like uh, Einstein referring to God? Well, kind of metaphorical. I, I, unfortunately, tool. I've heard physicists pretty explicitly talk about this in terms that are very comic book, and and I think that's a, a mistake. Um, I do. We do know that uh, Einstein talked about the God in the terms of Spinoza, like that. Basically, he's talking about the rules of the universe, not an entity that loves and cares about us. You know, so sure, that's yeah. not how everyone would interpret that. Though. No, they would not. No, they would not. Yeah. So. And yeah. uh, and if they're right, maybe they'll get mm-hmm. to ask him later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed, yeah. It just makes me think of the time that uh, a person I know, I won't mention that person's name, they happened to be an astrophysicist. And we were watching Star Wars at a friend's house. And this person spent the entire movie whining or, as I would say, whinging about physics and saying, oh, that couldn't happen, pish tosh and and complaining throughout and kind of spoiling the whole movie for everyone. Does that make you an ex-Winge fighter? So, 
yeah, I think there's a kind of fine line with all of this too that, you know, I, I don't think we always need to be sceptical about these things when no. it, we clearly know it's fiction. No, and I, I love this stuff. I love I love multiverse stuff. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of many of these things. I just, it, well, again, fun ruiners, as much as I like them, it's sad to realize that this can't really happen, you know. Well, yeah, I think it's, you know, a lot of people know that these things aren't necessarily true or not really this way, but at the same time, they don't know how to explain them. I mean, well, they're highfalutin concepts. They are. I think, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I think we should move on. Absolutely. Um, what about brain swapping? So consciousness moving to another body that seems to play out in a lot of kind of cheesy switched movies yes yes um i think i first ran into this and in maybe freaky friday which um i didn't get to see in theaters because my fundamentalist parents didn't want us to watch it because it looked like magic you know how they are which version weren't there two i think there was uh, there, there was uh there's multiple versions i think there's the and, and, and there's a the early and another new one that just i think it's just called freaky with vince vaughn like it's like a serial killer oh, really? swap. yeah yeah oh. yeah Oh, okay. uh, so it's like a horror comedy kind of a take on the thing. And uh, it happened in Gilligan's Island. There was an episode where they swapped everybody's brains around. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, oh dear. How could I go anywhere dressed like this? <laughs> See the way you look. Will you all please stop bickering? Will you please keep out of this, Professor? I am Marianne. I keep forgetting he's a she. What are we going to do, Professor? Who did Gilligan become? Oh, I don't remember. It was like a really random switcheroo. Like, like everybody was everybody else. Um, uh, and then um, it, in horror, it, it showed up in um, uh, Lovecraft's The Thing on the Doorstep. That's a really cool one. Um, oh, classic. Very, yeah. very well, creepy. What's your yeah. beef with brain swapping then? Well, so most of these stories, the brain swapping happens by consciousness leaving one body and going into another through what I guess we'd have to assume is magical means. And I think what's happened mm -hmm. over time is neurology and brain science has generally shown that whatever our identities and personalities are, they, they, they seem to be firmly tied up within the hardware of the brain. So our, our brain's biological structures uh, produce our personalities, our memories, you know, our passions, all these things. Everything that makes us sure. us is mm -hmm. in, this, in this meat in our head. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the idea that your consciousness could leave that, it, it's a dualism idea. And unfortunately, mm. and I say, I don't, I don't say that lightly. I am deeply saddened that I can't get my, all the things I've learned to leave my body and go into another body. I think that would be really handy. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, this makes me think of an episode uh, or a, a movie that we covered for, based on a true story, Child's Play. With the, oh, the murderer, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The killer how he enters yeah. the doll yep. and then wants yep. to enter the child, and I guess that was that was voodoo. That was yeah, that was real uh, horror <laughs> horror movie voodoo, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, is this really science fiction? This idea, or is it just a kind of device to create a, a wacky situation? It's a fun idea for fiction, but there have been real sort of experiments pushing towards this. I guess the most famous one is like this idea of, let's say you're a scientist and you know that you really need to like literally move the brain from one body to another. Currently, our technology doesn't allow us to do that. Even if you could keep the brain alive, which is plausible, you can't currently reconnect the spinal column 
And as a consequence, if you could like take a brain out of a body and put it into another body, you'd be stuck with the problem of now that that brain won't be able to drive any of the mechanics in that body because the nerve connections are not there. So a head transplant is probably the closest that we could come to. There's some pretty unsavory and questionable uh, Russian dog experiments that people probably are aware of if they've ever looked into this at all. Uh, Not safe for work, uh, not safe for uh, dreaming if you don't like nightmares, but there, I'm sure it's, it's, I think it's been oversold on the internet for how effective it was. But um, I think there's reason to believe that there was some form of dog experiment done in Soviet Russia and that at least for a little bit, uh, a a dog's head was kept alive off of its body. Those poor dogs are always tested on. Yes. Oh yeah. I was been reading about vivisection lately and it's like, yeah, no, it's horrible. The other book I was writing about infertility, just reading about dogs have been tested on for vasectomies and uh, uh, laparoscopies and just about every kind of fertility uh, surgery you can think of space travel all kinds of things yes yeah, yeah. yep so mm-hmm. animal testing uh i mean i think there's places where it's necessary but it's a dark history uh as oh, well it really so, is and yeah. probably a subject for another show otherwise we could go down a rabbit hole with this one exactly all right <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs, Ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our whole show. So join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Well, just finally, though, I'm th- you've got me thinking about the, the singularity, the idea of that. And oh, the idea of yeah. the brain uploading. Have you got any kind of comments on that? My opinion is, uh, an, an informed opinion, is that since we don't even know what human consciousness is, like there's no mm-hmm. singular definition for it, that True. the probability of taking the thing that we think of as human consciousness and recreating it in a computer is mm-hmm. extremely low, like negligible. 
And I think that comes from a, a it's because it, the, what we think of as consciousness, that's a simple word, but it, it really represents a lot of very different neurological functions going on at the same time. Absolutely. There's, yeah. there's like, for example, like, like you, if you wanted to be me or like, not who would, I don't, I could barely want to be me myself, but <laughs> if, if, if you wanted to be me and like, be honest about being me, part of the thing that makes me me is that I'm really curious Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, computers aren't. Okay. Uh, I love coffee. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my day is spent about when will I get my next cup of coffee? Computers don't care about <laughs> that. I mean, like these, these basic motivations and drivers, the, the pun subroutine. I mean, think of the efficiency, but, but, but still, would it be <laughs> me if the computer didn't come up with puns all day? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So no, there's a yeah. <laughs> interesting questions to ponder. Yeah, I just since we don't even know what consciousness is, the idea of capturing a human brain in a computer program and reproducing it is ridiculous. It's just comical. Oh yeah, easy to talk about, not not to yeah. to do. But keep taking accomplish. those vitamins, Kurzweil. <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting character. Again, I think another show we we could tackle that one. So yeah. I think we should move on because Absolutely. we've got a few more topics that we sure. want to talk about. What about cryonics? That's a popular one in sci-fi. It is. Well, especially in the past, kind of 1970s. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, it seems to be one of those um, perennial, like, I guess the people that run the companies that actually do this kind of thing, like Alcor, they, they are always looking for opportunities to get in the news. And I just saw something the other day about this. But yeah, it, it like the classic example is the Planet of the Apes movie with Charlton Heston, where at the beginning, right. they're going to go on a long space trip. So everybody gets into their cryo tubes and goes to sleep. And that's, you know, because we don't have faster than light travel, the idea of going to sleep and then waking up when you get to your destination is a brilliant way to bypass all the the, the ravages of age and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yep, yep. And of course, they're still alive when right. it takes place well, as opposed to, I guess, the, sci the modern science nowadays with people um, dying and then basically being frozen. Yeah, it's complicated. So... The way the legal system works right now, you have to be dead before they can freeze you. And mm -hmm. really, unless they're standing by while you're dying, um, then you're going to have hypoxia where your brain's not going to have adequate oxygen. And the damage that that does yes. within a minute or so is enough to mm -hmm. remove your ability to speak, for example. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. really rapid how fast you, your brain deteriorates, uh, which, by the way, <laughs> further supports the idea that our brains are... Uh, the actual structure that holds our personalities, I think. Um, yeah, I still think it's interesting in the way that it has been applied, for example, with frozen embryos. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Are they uh, frozen and then basically thawed and uh, you know, or, or placed into the, the uterus and then begin cell mitosis? It's, I mean, I think it's still uh, something that, that's possible, but maybe well, not necessarily in the way that it's portrayed in movies. Well, right, because right now, uh, as an adult, uh, or even as a child, if you're frozen, they don't have any mechanism to resuscitate you, and so there Unless are... you're Captain America. Right, right. <laughs> so they, they, they know, like, they've, they've, they've improved the ability to put in anti-freeze agents so that you're... So let's back up just <laughs> like a second. A right. What normally happens is when you freeze something that has water in it, which we have water in all our cells, the yes. water crystalline structure, when it freezes, actually expands. Typically, you think of cold contracts, heat expands. But with water, when it freezes, 
it expands and it ruptures cells. And if those cells are in critical places in your body, like your brain, uh, they're dead. They're not coming back. Um, so as a consequence of that, the freezing process would normally render you into a big pile of, you know, mush, right? Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. So that that's the problem. And so right now we presently even like you can do things at the cellular level that you can't do at the macro level. And so currently, if you freeze somebody, it's a lovely story, but bring them mm -hmm. back and I'll change my tune. And you can't because it won't work because their brain's dead. That's hello. That's the problem. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, it is frighteningly expensive to uh, to be a guinea pig for that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I it looks so cool. It seems like it does. Literally, I yeah. guess. But it, it oh, it's just not kind of romanticized. It, you know, it, there are some seriously disturbing horror stories. Uh there's a famous episode mm -hmm. of This American Life that did a segment on the the beginning of uh this process and ooh, whoa, whoa. Wow, it's bad. It's oh, really it's a, bad. I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not before bed. No, no, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's it's worth listening to, but you'll never think about cryonics sure. the same again. So Oh, okay. Well, sounds interesting. But I think we should move on. We've got a, a few more topics still. So what about aliens in our solar system? This is a favorite topic for Monster Talk, aliens. It is. Um, I love and, and I grew up reading Golden Age science fiction, um, amazing stories, astounding. Um, I, you know, all the little anthologies, uh, you know, FNSF, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, Asimov, go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I love sci-fi. Um but also, I love weird stuff, as we've discussed. And, and if you look at the history yes. of our uh, ufology, uh, which largely pops up in the 1940s and then continues till today, mm -hmm. to, to right up till today, um, the original ideas for what was behind these UFOs was that it was aliens from local stuff in our solar system. So there would be right. people would meet Venusians and people would meet Martians and people would meet moon like people. Us. And they look like us and they were great. And they and spoke their English. Are like us. And they were basically yeah. just a bunch of space theosophists. That's <laughs> yeah. so that, but this idea that like you know that our solar system was just full of life and technology and that we were going to be part of a at least a solar system uh sort of political structure uh, just mm -hmm. really hasn't panned out uh none of the planets we've explored seem to be habitable i mean people still mm -hmm. hold out i mean when people are looking for life like when nasa is looking for life right now they are not looking for gray aliens or uh zeta reticulans or anything like that mm -hmm. they're looking for molecular like you know, microorganisms, maybe a virus, maybe a bacteria. Oh, yes, yeah. Maybe, yeah. It's, it's, it's some kind of basic um, biochemistry signature mm -hmm. in the, in yep. the solar system. And the, just the sheer difficulty of crossing the vastness of space, uh, like for, for, from another solar system to ours uh, has largely rendered that idea of aliens coming from another solar system um, to be unlikely. And I know that that'll be disappointing to people who really want it to be true. But if you actually look at the field of ufology, what seems to be happening to a large degree is people have gotten away from the idea that these are local, except with that it might be that they're not from another planet at all. 
Maybe they're from inside the earth. Maybe they're from another dimension. But these are kind of like uh, special pleadings to work around the problem of there's no sign of life in our solar system. And it's way the hell too far to get to the next neighborhood. What about the idea of terraforming? Other planets like Mars it makes me sad because, like, I, Elon Musk famously talked about nuking the poles of Mars to see if we could change. And it's like, well, hey, how about we just see if we can kind of keep it from getting too hot here? You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm all for exploring other planets. I mean, I'm deeply in, into that idea. But when you talk mm-hmm. about terraforming an entire other planet, that is re- presently a nonsense idea. That's presently had, just nonsense. How do you explain Las Vegas? Well, Las Vegas <laughs> won't make it forever unless they come up with some new water source because uh, Lake Mead yeah. is really getting low. I mean, they're finding all the bodies now. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know how much time we've got left, but I think we should at least touch upon time travel, human time travel. Yeah. I, to, the, I, to the past? Yeah. I mean, again, uh, freezing aside, we know that you can travel forward into the future or you can at least make time travel slower for yourself by going really, really fast. They've done some funny twin studies where, you know, sending people up in uh, spacecraft and one twin staying on the ground and you can see, you know, a measurable oh, yeah. difference. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So Einstein's relativity works, but um, if you wanted to go forward, like if you could somehow go fast enough that, you know, time wouldn't affect you as, mm-hmm. as qu- like quickly, right? Well, that's interesting. I mean, that seems semi-plausible, right? But... Going backwards, mm, I don't think so. And here's why. Because that's what everyone wants, though. Well, it is because people, people want to go kill Hitler. It's probably a big queue. Yeah. There's yeah. a big line of people standing there with a, you know, <laughs> ready to yeah. kill Hitler. It's just like the big time traveler queue. Learning about the biology of how people are born, right? So when you find mm-hmm. out that, like, you know, your mom typically would have one egg loose, uh, <laughs> released for pregnancy. Yeah. You know, maybe two if you're going to have some exciting twin action or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, or you know, maybe one will split and you'll get you know identical twins. Yes. But yep. but on the male side, the male's going to release millions of sperm. Only one mm-hmm. can be the winner. Okay. Yes. Yep. If you oh, replay yeah. that love night when your father goes to meet your mom and then he oh. stops to scratch for a second that he didn't do the last time, suddenly <laughs> a different sperm makes it and an entirely different person comes out. And I can tell you right now. As a parent with three different kids, two of whom are twins, they're not the same people. Like, I mean, like everybody's different. Like, like no matter how much we try the same parenting and everything else, they come out with entirely different personalities. They're all different. Oh, yeah. I I think of that all the time because I went through IVF and and just how things would be different if it was any other month. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just wildly unlikely what okay first of or all, any other yeah. day so yeah. yeah you're just the chances of you being you are astonishing like i mean it, it's like mm. you may go your whole life and never win the lottery by being alive you've won the best lottery because in the worst human condition like in, if you're having the most miserable life possible i think you're mm-hmm. still having a better time than the ones who didn't make it <laughs> Indeed. All the you—you have a chance at agency in a dark and uncaring universe, and that's amazing. That is truly astounding. It really is incredible. And we've got some other topics. I don't know if you want to go into them or not. If you want to just talk in more general terms. I just want to make sure the point of all that biological rambling was that if you change anything when you go to the past, 
you're not going to exist. So mm-hmm. like it's just and people yeah, yeah don't don't know that or don't yeah. think of like, that. Yeah. Like I mean like I'm um, not talking about like Marty McFly, he can't go back and oh, he made he made his mom and dad meet after all. There everything's going to be okay. No, it's not. Mom, yeah. It is not going to be okay <laughs> because there would be no Marty McFly as soon as he got involved. The minute he got involved, there's no longer a Marty McFly because that yeah. trajectory is ruined. So, yeah. So in terms of back to the future and uh, books and, and other movies, does it even matter you know, if we're just suspending our disbelief? Isn't that the name of the game with, with escapism? No, have fun. Have fun. But I think well, sometimes people get really caught up with these ideas. Um, the singularity sure. stuff and the terraforming oh, stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of people uh-huh. who really want things to collapse so they can rebuild it in their own image. You know, mm-hmm. that's a Y'all get set. a bit cultish. Yeah. 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 And the reality is, innovation and social structures these are all slowly developing accretive processes and they can be destroyed Mm -hmm. and changed but starting from ground zero is basically impossible because there's so many domains of expertise that are necessary i mean if you imagine like people have these fantasies about like you know some disease comes out and kills almost everybody but the ones that are left are going to put things back together no they're not like mm-hmm. it, it's going to take hundreds of years to recover because if the person who was responsible for making plastics, the person who was mm-hmm. responsible for making medications, like all those people working in, in really complicated systems with all these mm-hmm. in, inputs and outputs that are all require tons of expertise, which just can't be picked up by picking up a book and reading it. It's not that easy. So we live in a oh, really yeah. complicated present and it's uh, it's fragile. Oh, yeah. And I think when people think of these things, they think of the best outcome. More. Yeah. They oversimplify things. <laughs> yeah. But with everything that you've been talking about, there are certainly a lot of can'ts with science. Do you think that to some extent that uh, with some of these areas, it, it's more a case of not yet that these things might still happen? We can eliminate the multiverse, okay, as being uh, uh, anthropocentric. Sure? Yeah, 100% sure. <laughs> I believe it, you know, it'd be, I don't think there's any technical reason why it would be impossible to move a brain from one body to the other, except that we have not discovered how to make the cells regenerate to make the spinal column work. And uh, that is, I'm assuming, hundreds and hundreds of years away, if anybody mm-hmm. wanted to bother with it. I mean... Well, so that mother and daughter can and can unite and, and understand each other's plights. Sure. <laughs> I, I thought that was what Thanksgiving was for. <laughs> yeah. uh, it all comes full circle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it's really fun to to think about these things too, and the possibilities um, you know, for the future. And uh, but but also, it's important to learn the science. Uh, I mean, if you you care about these kinds of things, well, uh, I, to, s- some of these are, I think. Some of these are dangerous ideas, uh, like uh, the simulation hypothesis. A lot of mm-hmm. people in IT are really excited because they've made a simulation and they know what simulations look like. And you can simulate things in life. So maybe life itself is a simulation. And mm-hmm. that is a, it's a fun, childish idea. It, it's it's a, it's a fun thing to contemplate. And you can imagine mm-hmm. waking up and you're not dead. The video game's just over. You go put your tokens in and play another round of human life or whatever. Okay. Well, that's again, fun. But the reality is if you ever try to simulate uh, a a system, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's way more 
computationally complicated, the more variables you put into it. In reality, like the real world that we live in, which is not a simulation, there's a vast amount of computational requirements just to simulate like an acre of land. I mean, all of the insects, all of the molecules, all of the atoms mm-hmm. interacting, you know, all of the energy going into the system and out of the system, the gases, everything about it would have to be oh, yeah. like, it's just too much computational debt to mm-hmm. make to make that scale to the solar system as you know or to the galaxy or to the universe as lots of oh. people like to think it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. like, like so you're making my head hurt and yeah. it's above and beyond what i think most people think about when they they, no, they, just, these ideas. they like it to be fun and you pull off the game helmet <laughs> oh that was awesome and, <laughs> yeah just simple yeah keep it simple <laughs> So that <laughs> well, that's that's my rant about science uh, and, and fun ruining. That was <laughs> yeah. Well, that was was really fun to talk about, and I think that our listeners are going to have a lot of thoughts about this, and certainly it'd be great to hear from people. Uh, what do you think about what we've discussed? Did and- I get it wrong? Let me know. You know, it's mm-hmm. like and uh, and Chris, I mean, a lot of you still think I got it wrong about Bigfoot. So you know. That's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, well, thanks for coming okay. and talking with me about this. I, it's been on my mind for Well, I'm glad you while. got that off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly something that you've mentioned here and there. So it was yeah, fun to put this together and, and look at some of those. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot more to talk about. Maybe there it's is, another show. There, at least, yeah. We, if, if In fact, if listeners have some things they want to talk about, like they disagree with, you know, send it in. Let us know. Um, yeah. And uh, we'd, we'd be interested in hearing about it and talking Absolutely. about it. Groovy. All right. Well, we'll see you next Thank week. Thank you, Blake. Yeah. We'll, we'll... Um, for all of our American listeners, if this is something you celebrate, we'll say happy Thanksgiving to you from me. And for me, and happy holidays in general. And we'll be here for them. So stand yeah, by. We'll be back soon. Monster Talk. You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzner. You've been listening to a discussion of science as a fun ruiner. I put some links in the show notes, but maybe you vigorously disagree with my assessments. Did I tip any sacred cows? Do tell. Let us know. Come on over to our Facebook page or Patreon and let us know your thoughts. And if you have trouble tracking us down, you can go to monstertalk.org and there's a contact link at the top of the page. Monster Talk's a proud member of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Home of such shows as... Investing for Beginners. My History Can Beat Up Your Politics and Food with Mark Bittman. If you'd like to advertise on this show, contact sales at advertisecast.com. Monster Talk theme music is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. Happy Thanksgiving for me and Karen, where applicable. May all your family arguments this holiday be super nerdy. been a Monster House presentation.